0: Our last session was looking at how do we help people who are uh, children, uh, spiritual children, uh, so to speak, like they're new uh, to walking with Jesus wholeheartedly. Uh, Secondly, we're going to look in this episode at how do you disciple people in a teenage spiritual state? Hello and welcome again. Uh, to another episode in our teaching series, which we've titled, A Band of Disciples. And uh, you get the gist uh, by now that this entire series uh, has been, you know, attempting to help you become a better discipler, becoming a better discipler uh, who uh, journeys alongside people in a practical way uh, to see uh, them develop and reach their full potential in God. And we are playing on this idea of a band uh, the whole musical thing, uh, because y- you already know that musicians are driven by a desire to be a certain type of people in the world who do a particular uh, you know, type, a specific practice, and they have a specific knowledge that would enable them to live uh, that lifestyle. And uh, that, that's their way of gaining their uh, maybe, uh, you know, their, their sense of, of self, and, and, and maybe that's the way they influence others. Maybe that's the way they find their uh, greatest fulfillment. And we have been mentioning that as disciples, our greatest task and role is to build a certain kind of person in the world. To enable people to live like Jesus-like human beings who display the image of God in their environments. And uh, therefore, it's so much similar to this concept of uh, being a band leader or a band coordinator, somebody that looks after musicians and and helps them to grow and develop and be everything that they desire to be. In this case, what they feel God desires them to be, to be Jesus-like disciples. And we've been looking in this uh, third mini-series, so to speak, uh, the discipling competency. We've been looking at practical uh, answers to questions that we um, heard as we did, uh, you know, online conferences or are we, in, uh, you know, consulted with different groups of people in different organizations, or even our team members here at GenJ have uh, communicated some concerns or some questions that they have in their uh, relational discipling uh, uh, experiences. And, um, uh, you know, we, we are sharing those practical ideas, but obviously the not prescriptive. They're not, uh, you know, uh, the only way of doing things. That hopefully they can inspire and stimulate you to think and strategize and to come up with your own ideas uh, that would enable you to be a better discipler over the long run. Uh, the question that we've been dealing with last uh, last uh, um, last session and we'll deal with the next session is about how do you walk alongside people in different spiritual stages? And, and our last session was looking at how do we help people who are uh, children, uh, spiritual children, uh, so to speak, like they're new uh, to walking with Jesus wholeheartedly, uh, regardless of how long they've been Christians for or affiliated with a Christian church. But if they are new to walking with Jesus and and they haven't captured their identity as a child of God, we treat them and help them and encourage them uh, initially to embrace their identity as loved children of God. Uh, Secondly, we're going to look in this episode at how do you disciple people in the teenage spiritual stage? How do you disciple people in the teenage spiritual stage? Uh, So um, as we mentioned uh, throughout the New Testament in Hebrews chapter 5, In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and in 1 John chapter 2, verses 12 and 14, we realize that there are spiritual phases of development. Just like the plant has phases of development, just like human beings have phases of development, guess what? We, as spiritual beings, uh, followers of Jesus, go through phases of development obviously not one size fits all and everybody goes through, you know, exactly the same stage or the same indicators at the same time. Uh, it, you know, that's obviously uh, doesn't happen because it doesn't happen in the physical. You see, we have three children. And uh, as soon as you have a child, you are given a folder, the uh, maternal her- uh, health uh, nurse uh, uh, folder uh, that has some indicators of growth that they, you know, charted on a, on a graph. Uh, they weigh them every, uh, you know, every so often. They check their heights and, 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 and they, you know, they, they check the indicators of growth. You see, each one of our children was charted on these graphs. Uh, they were weighed and, and 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 they were measured uh, based on a predetermined understanding of you know the overall growth. Uh, the reality is we, we we didn't find that they weren't exactly at the same phase, exactly at the same uh, indicator at the same time. That does, doesn't make sense. We're we, we we're human beings. We we're not you know days and hours predicted growth chart but nevertheless we didn't look at a child who is one week year old and expected him to be uh, uh, you know manifesting behaviors of 12 months old we didn't look at a child who is um, you know six months old and say you know uh, how come he's not acting like a five-year-old of course there is some generic expressions uh, that gives us uh, you know uh, some indicators yes we're happy with their progress so far or can we do something to assist them is there any concerns about the level of their growth so much the same thing you know i i i note that some people have uh, indicated whether through writing or communication that i've had with people that you know there's no such thing as as um uh, phases of growth you know it's, we are all organic and things happen organically well uh, that doesn't really happen in a physical way and and um it doesn't happen in a plant way, and we find that the scripture links both metaphors with spiritual development. So, how can we help? teenagers uh, or spiritual young people between children and parents we call all that period of spiritual young people we want to call them teenagers young adults maybe sometimes yet uh, adults Uh, we we need to help them and in order to help them we, we need to understand what are some of their needs and experiences and obviously that's generic you can uh you know Pick and choose from it based on your experiences uh, with these people. And, and and what is our role? How can we assist them in their development? And um, uh, we, we, uh, we're we going to look at the teenage years or the young people uh, years. Um, one of the things that reminds me... Um, Every time I think of spiritual teenagers or spiritual young people, uh, one of the stories that pops into my mind is a person that I have known for several years and we engage together in a very, very healthy discipling relationship. Uh, that person was connecting on a regular basis. Uh, you know, we were we, we would spend time hearing God's word together. We'd you know we would share our quiet times. We would we would think about you know what's happening in the, in his relationship with God, in his inner life, in his uh, relationship with other believers, and in his influence in the world. It was a very refreshing relationship, and and that person grew and. Uh, gifts and capacities and what you know he was entrusted to invest in other people as well in groups and, and and individuals and it was such a beautiful refreshing experience that I've had It came a time as they always do come after maybe a couple of years, three years, I don't fully recall, where that person seemed to be more interested in the environments where he was leading, where he was discipling others than the environments where he would come alongside other uh, disciples and other disciplers to be a co-learner and a co-participant and and a person that receives. He was more interested in being the the the, the person that invests. And and over time, you notice that he was either either not coming to those other meetings where he's a participant, uh, a uh, co-discipler, a co-disciple, or maybe coming and not really uh, sharing much, not really engaging much, not really investing much. And and it became a rhythm that I noticed in a lot of different areas. And he began to um, maybe withdraw from the connection, the beautiful connection that we had together and uh, over time, I, I had a, uh, uh, several conversations with him. Uh, as you know, you know, you wait for a long time because you're anxious, that would turn sour. Uh, but we had a conversation and I, I asked several questions. It was hard. It was awkward. Um, it, the response wasn't uh, the beautiful response that I would have expected when he was a spiritual uh, child, so to speak. It, was, it had a bit of defensiveness. It had a little bit of a self uh, self-assertion. And um, and and over time, you know, several conversations that we've had over this time, he remained very um, driven uh, by by a new vision for himself. And and I recall that one time he he he, he mentioned to me that he is uh, now committed to building his own brand, quote unquote, that he wanted to build his own brand. He didn't want to be engaged in a discipling environment or a discipleship environment where he was learning from others. He wanted to build his own. And, uh, and I, I, I remember at that time, whilst in my heart, I was thinking, you know, that's a typical teenage thing. I affirmed him and I said, listen, how about I give you five primary people uh and 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 schools of thought in christianity at the moment that you may investigate their offering investigate their framework of doing things and maybe figure out what fits you and what would be uh, most fulfilling in your spiritual journey because uh, at this stage Uh, There is something about teenage, spiritually teenage people or spiritual young uh, adult uh, um, uh, believers that needs to explore for themselves, uh, you know, their own journey and I would say maybe their own calling. So uh, this was an experience, and I'm glad to say that this experience was not, you know, the only experience that I've had of of people who start so beautifully. Hungry enthusiastic, enthusiastically, and then uh, attempt to build their own brand or divert away from the passion that they had for Jesus and maybe go after relationships or go after money or go after careers, whatever it is that is distracting for them. That happens all the time. But the great news if they have been fully and utterly committed to God as they first started and they've been nurtured and cared for, things turn around. Eventually, and that's what I want to encourage you with. But let's have a look at some of the needs of spiritual young people. And I don't mean young in age, young in their walk with Jesus. The first thing that is so obvious to me about young people in their spiritual um, stage and spiritual walk, they they become independent. So we mentioned as a, a spiritual child the idea is to become dependent. They feel so dependent on others and they gain their identity by who we are similar to. Who are we? Who are our people? So they identify with a group of people, with a discipling community, with a discipler, with a with a spiritual dynamic, uh, a family and that becomes that's where they find their identity. These are the people that will like but as they grow as as Spiritual teenagers, just like your teenager, if you know a teenager at home, if you know a a student, a teenager, a student, or whatever it might be in your environment, they begin to find a way to become independent. They want to be different from others they could be pride and uh, they could be self-agenda but they're trying to discover their identity beneath all the traumas that are going on for them and for others <laughs> all the you know the activities that you know the, um, the the tension that's going on they have a desire for distinction, they have a desire to be different from others. They they don't want to say I'm part of that spiritual group or I'm following uh, that spiritual diet. No, no, they wanna uh, you know they wanna go and figure out through Google how they can be different. They wanna stand up. You preach this way. I preach far better than you. Uh, if if you um you know care and pastoral care for people this way, I'm gonna do it this way and it's gonna be better than yours. If you disciple in this way, you haven't seen what discipling is until I've come to the scene because I'm God's gift to earth. They're trying to, without intentionally thinking that way, they're trying to differentiate themselves and be distinctive. Uh, Then uh, they are being influenced by their peer pressure. There is influence of peer pressure spiritually and maybe even in other ways. They're not being influenced by family as such, they're now being influenced by their peers. So if you haven't been able to create an environment where people or similar demographics and and similar interests and similar age maybe are connecting together, guess what? They're going to figure out, you know, they, they might have been happy with a spiritual family, but if that spiritual family is not part of their peer dynamic if they're not really affiliated with them as as peers guess what they're going to find another group of people they might not be full-hearted sold out disciples they might not even be um, genuine uh, disciples at all or they might have some sort of a uh, you know a specific spiritual agenda that they and they will be influenced by that they're influenced by people of similar demographic to them, and then they have a need to adopt a divine calling. Notice the desire, uh, the difference between a desire and a need. A desire, that's what's driving them according to their own uh, estimation. I want to be different. Yeah, they might not say it that way, but that's what's driving them. A need, that would be almost like the healing of that particular, uh, uh, you know, miscued desire. If they figure out the god given divine calling and they adopt that that would be the differentiation they were us oh I'm unique because of God's calling over my life. But God's calling over my life is part of a body. I don't need to differentiate myself in such a way that I separate myself. I differentiate myself because God has given me that calling and I live in obedience to that calling and by doing that I'm serving the body not being elevated above the body. And you probably are aware of what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and 14 about people looking down on others uh, that's the element of uh, separation or differentiation you know The, the the higher body parts look down on the lower body parts because it's a superiority type of complex yeah so what is your role as a discipler who is engaging with people that you notice those characteristics about them you know, the, the funny thing is, as soon as we notice somebody that is getting on the bandwagon of pride and self-assertion and they're trying to, you know, differentiate themselves, we often, and I've heard this many people say it before, we say, oh, they've gone down the wrong path, they're deteriorating, they're backsliding, they are, you know, and, and, and you assume the absolute worst, and one of the greatest things, despite of the difficulty and the challenge, one of the most healthy way of looking at it is saying, I noticed those uh, indicators, those characteristics, uh, they they actually are a sign of growth. <laughs> Imagine saying that to yourself as a disciple. They are not a problem to be solved. They are a tension that we work work with so that we can take them to the next level. I'm going to celebrate that. You know, I'm not gonna affirm it in a way that is say, yeah, st- stay like this. But I'm not, all, I'm not uh, going to think of it as a disaster and, and 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 say, oh, you know, they know, they know, good. I want to go back to somebody who's more enthusiastic and hungry, somebody that will respect me and somebody that would be willing to 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 adopt a, a spiritual dynamic where I can help them. I don't want somebody that is diverting their attention into worldly things or their own self. Gender items, whatever it might be, it's easy to 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 ignore that stage and consider it as a dilemma, and instead of saying. You know what? This is a sign of development and Lord guide us through that so we can help them go to the other side. So what are our role to assist either a small group of disciples or an individual or individuals within that group that you're supporting and you're helping them in their spiritual journey? Number one, I would say, and you already know that, model the life of Jesus. There is no point that you say, as a, a young person, you need to be a devoted disciple. And that means you need to imitate Christ. But if you're not imitating Christ, how can they see what it looks like in a real way, in a practical way? Uh, they, they, they just can't comprehend it. It becomes abstract thought. So model that life. That's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 1. He says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. That means I am showing you a way. It's not the perfect way, but it's an authentic way to live as a disciple, that your whole life is now consumed by how can I live the type of life? How can I continue the story of Jesus in my own life on earth? Uh, Then clarify their calling. Maybe help them say, you know, what do you reckon uh, God's calling for his people? And don't have to uh, share it there and then. Maybe they can explore it in their own time and come back to you and suggest some ideas. Because if you share it with them there and then, which we all tempted to do to, to, to make life easier for those whom we disciple, uh, guess what? The, the, what comes easy, you know, doesn't uh, stay for long, doesn't impact people for long. So it's important for us to consider how to engage them with the scripture so they could figure out, you know, my my identity now, not just, the, uh, you know, the loved child of God, but I now have a calling to, to live and imitate Jesus uh, just as Jesus imitated the Father And just like Paul imitated Christ and just like Timothy imitated Paul and Paul expected Timothy to, uh, you know, be an example to others so others can imitate him. You see, it is a cycle of imitation and we want to help people discover that as devoted disciples, they are basically at their core imitators of the calling that Jesus exemplified or embodied on earth. Then we need to engage them, not just in a family that supports them and 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 in and, a you know, fellowship that's kind and and helpful and pastorally caring and the and like. But now we need to engage them uh, if we haven't yet in a community of disciples. Why? If they engage in a community of disciples, and have you noticed here it's a discipler, it's not just a disciple, we're saying that you're calling. Is a disciple that your vision in life should be directed by Jesus' calling for you or the mission statement that Jesus gave for the disciples? Go and make disciples of all nations. So uh, begin to adopt that identity. And we usually adopt an identity by being engaged in a community that lives that identity out as we've explained in our previous series on discipling community. So you need to engage them in a community that lives the practice of disciplers so that becomes part and parcel of their uh, own vision of their identity. Then, show responsive interactions so in the first one when there are child you initiating the interactions in this time you begin to lessen the initiative but be very responsive so when they write you a message, don't wait six days before you respond back. We have a a, a suggestion for our uh, team that within 24 to 48 hours, you should have the, the respect to respond to people by uh, writing them a message in return. And uh, so you need to be responsive to their needs, you need to be responsive uh, to what's going on in their life, Uh, you know sometimes you're not just responding to their texts, but you're responding to their situations, so for example if you found out that they're going through uh, a a, a difficult health challenge you you communicate with them, of course there's going to be an initiation of communication, but you're actually responsive to what's going on in their lives you know that they're going through a, a a spiritual um, hump, uh, a spiritual dilemma, a dry season, you can respond to them by prayer. You can send them a a share a prophetic word or a a kind word, an encouraging word. You can share a story, you can share a scripture, whatever it might be but be responsive to what's going on in their life. And it needs you to be sold out for this because it's easy for us to be self-centered. But when we're sold out to this identity as disciplers, we engage with people. Uh, the, The honest truth, dealing with people going through spiritual teenage years is the hardest thing you'll ever experience. The most joyous uh, is probably when they partners with you as adults, as parents. Uh, but the, the the other one, when they de- dependent and they're hungry and enthusiastic, that's such a joyful season of discipling. The most difficult season is that young years, teenage years, young adult years, and young, you know, adult selfish adult years. Uh, and I don't mean chronologically as, as, you know, people going through these years, but spiritually, uh, they can be prolonged years and can be difficult. Tears. And the tendency is to say, well, I'm going to wait until they get out of it. <laughs> I'm going to wait until they grow becoming selfless. Good luck. It doesn't happen by osmosis. It happens because a in community engages and carry the carries their burden uh, because a disciple cares to invest even when they feel rejected and not wanted and 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 you know they they like teenagers with their parents. They, in their parents are always become old fashioned now. You know that you, you don't know. You know you, you're dumb. You know they don't say it out loud like that. But it's it's like the type of 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 vibes they give you. It's like I know now. I know better now. And and sometimes spiritually that's what happens or uh, you know they engage with um, sinful little relationships or things like that or uh, you know don't give up on them be responsive to their needs in a gracious way and finally this is not a time to direct to give direct instructions is a time of coaching and challenge so what does that mean the difference between direct is you are uh, you're initiating the, the instructions. You're giving skills, or you're sharing scriptures, or or you're teaching how-to type of of, uh, of endeavors. But as a coaching, that's more like that's happening. The lived experience. That's what occurred to them. So you are unpacking that with them. You're helping them, uh, challenging them to go to the next level, and you are providing some in time. Instructions. They are uh, mingled with their current experiences. They are asking through their experiences or through their requests that you engage with them. You're not forcing yourself upon them. You're not being directive over them. You're not treating them like they don't know what's going on because here the ego is starting to rise. And if you scratch the ego, you're going to lose them. And that's not fair. Because they're trying to build their, their, their sense of self and self worth, it's not going to be uh, a, a very wise thing to do to to to, to downtr- uh, be a you know that they feel downtrodden by your by your influence. So coaching and challenging people to live their best life as imitators of Christ. Here we have it. You have uh, uh, different ways in which you can invest in people who are young. Uh, They're not as young in the faith as a child. They've been going on for a while, but they're still self-centered and selfish. They're trying to be something that would make them feel self-fulfilled and actualized, but you can come alongside them. Ignore the rejection that you may feel uh, and and just humbly show them what it's like to live like Jesus. And if you do that, they will come on the other side and be the most incredible, selfless uh, vessels, incredible, selfless parents that you have ever wanted. And I've had the privilege of seeing people go through that journey, and I would pay money to to engage in that process again, as tough as it was during the young hood what happened with my own disciples who would have experienced annoying years of my life. I'm so glad they didn't give up on me. I'm so glad they affirmed me when I didn't deserve it. I'm so glad that they, uh, you know, coached me when when I was going off the rail. But thank God that they can also see some uh, uh, indicators that I'm no longer what I used to be. I've got a long way to go but I'm no longer what I used to be and that obviously brings them joy and I know it will bring you joy as you come alongside people and disciple them wholeheartedly we are so blessed and honored that you are participating with us in this series and until we see you next time be utterly blessed